I'm time now for our weekly political panel. Ratana, of course, has been uh, centre stage for the debate surrounding Te Tiriti as politicians flocked to the par. Māori leaders have made it clear that Te Tiriti is not to be tinkered with, a stance which Prime Minister Christopher Luxon insists his party backs. Uh, Prime Minister Christopher Luxon uh, was there, of course, with other Māori leaders. The Māori leaders laid down their challenges. We don't expect to be just spoken to. We want the opportunity to be walking side by side and working with you. With some people trying to rewrite the intent and actually the words of Tetiriti, we will not sit idly by and let that happen without a fight. The government has no plans and never has had plans to amend or to revise the treaty or the treaty settlements that we have all worked so hard together to achieve. The government will honour the treaty. I love debate. Come to Waitangi. I will see you there. Tēnā koutou katoa. Well, this week we are joined by RNZ's Deputy Political Editor Craig McCulloch and Newsroom's Political Editor Joe Moyer. Uh, welcome to both of you. Morena. Uh, Good morning. A bit more of a friendly welcome maybe than some received at Ratana. Let's talk about uh, the government's performance and reception there and the Prime Minister's attempts to, well, I guess, reassure Māori about what's going on. Yes, uh, massive expectations, a lot of anticipation coming into this week, that first public showdown between the coalition players and Māori coming off the back of Saturday's hui. Everyone was watching just to see how the various players uh, responded, in particular Christopher Luxon. I think he took a a low-key, low-risk approach. His speech, um, it covered a lot of well-worn ground. There was a lot of talk about outcomes and delivery, as you would expect. It was not confrontational. It was not inflammatory anyway. It was, as I said earlier this week, it was that, that attempt to position National as, as a sort of calm, reasonable practitioner. We did get one of the strongest lines from him yet, um, and you heard it just before, that is that line, the government has no plan and never has had plans to amend or revise the treaty, that the government will honour the treaty. Now, what that means in practice, that's another question, as is, of course, whether Māori believe and trust him. Yeah, and I think too, there's a difference between honouring the treaty and then the treaty principles, which is obviously what we um, have been talking about in, in recent weeks and months. And when you're talking about what ACT and David Seymour's policy is around, that is very much around redefining the treaty principles, which of course are more recent. You know, they're from Geoffrey Palmer's time and, and they've kind of influenced the way the courts, the Waitangi Tribunal, etc., et have, um, you know, been doing things. I think interesting too is that, you know, New Zealand First at the moment is on the same page ish as National not rushing to commit um, in any way to uh, support any further uh, ex treaty principles bill after it's gone to select committee. But at the same time, New Zealand First does have some tendencies in that area. Um, you look at what New Zealand First has got in their coalition agreement around the Waitangi Tribunal and um, I guess limiting, reducing the scope that the Waitangi Tribunal has. Um, he was on Morning Report this week talking about that. And I think there is an element of probably redefining the treaty principles as well from New Zealand first end. They just would probably rather do it in a, uh, a quieter, in the backroom way than the sort of divisive argument that um, and debate that is going to come out of it in the way that um, it's being proposed at the moment. Nothing quiet, though, around uh, well, Shane Jones in particular uh, performance at uh, Ratana, a bit of a contrast. You mentioned uh, the Prime Minister not being inflammatory there. Uh, but Shane Jones laying down the challenge to critics. Yes, he heckled by those in the crowds. I, th- I 
I think it only really seemed to fuel him and it fueled Winston Peters. This is an arena that they are comfortable in. They are used to this kind of debate. And, and sure, they may not find much agreement there among the Rathana followers, but there is a, still a degree of respect. They come with a history. They are regarded as a rangatira. It gives them something of an advantage o- over Christopher Luxon, for example. And, and, and all of this... It, it plays well for New Zealand first. I mean, Shane Jones was pretty frank about it when he was talking to reporters afterwards. He said, look, sometimes his style may not go down well with Māori, but, but it's well received by the rest of New Zealand. So they and, and ACT, but neither of those parties have the same considerations or concerns as National does. They're much more prepared to go on the offensive well, to and, attack. And interestingly too, I spoke to Rahui Papa, who was one of the um, Māori leaders who spoke on behalf of the Kingitanga at um, Ratana, and he said to me that um, he had obviously pissed off, quote, unquote, pissed off um, Shane Jones, and that you know they were thrilled that they had got that response from him. So, I mean, that's interesting. Too. Is it is it realistic and sustainable for Christopher Luxon to maintain this sort of position of can't completely rule out the possibility of supporting the Treaty Principles Bill? Obviously, he doesn't want to support it, and but he can't quite say it because of the coalition agreement. It it creates this uncertainty. It means we're going to, for Maori. There is an enormous amount of debate and uncertainty, regardless of even if they're getting this reassurance. Is it enough? Well, he he has had ample opportunity to put it to bed, and he has chosen not to. He said he's not sure how he can be much clearer on the matter. Well, I can help him. He could come on the radio this morning <laughs> and give an ironclad commitment that his party would not support the legislation passed. And what would be the consequences of that? I mean, well, seriously, what would David Seymour do? Well, exactly. I mean, David Seymour clearly sees this as an open question. He's hoping that there will be enough public support to build Nationals' mind. I can only assume that Christopher Luxon feels he is bound by this good faith clause in their coalition agreement in some way. That's the only real explanation for why he won't rule it out. But but as to, as to whether or not it, it actually that coalition agreement, agreement actually stipulates that, I, I think that that's a stretch. David Seymour, um, he presumably is quite happy with how this is playing out. I mean, he, he's going to get his debate. He wants this. Uh, even, regardless of whether it ever passes, he will be able to build support, build his, uh, push his argument. He, he would be quite happy with this as landed, hasn't wouldn't he? Oh, 100%. I mean, he's calling for a debate. I think we can all agree the debate is well and truly underway already, and we've seen that. I mean, literally the, be- the beginning of you know this government's term and the beginning of this political year is very much talking about what David Seymour wants to be talking about. I think the most um, fascinating bit of all of that is that where the debate has been taking place so far, and that's at Tirungawaiwai Marae uh, last Saturday and then at Ratana this week, guess who wasn't there? Mm. David Seymour. If you want to have a debate, turn up and debate. A missed opportunity, I think. I mean, he, he has never attended Ratana. In a typical year, that wouldn't be a problem. But if there was ever a year to turn up, I think it was this one. It was a chance for him to engage, to show some good faith, given that, you, like you say, he's the one who has called for the debate, called for the discussion. And it, it was a chance for him to do that before Waitangi, where there are going to be much more robust scenes. I think that this approach that he has taken just guarantees there are going to be real fireworks for him at Waitangi. So, Waitangi, uh, I think Carmel Cipolloni said this morning on First Up uh, that Labour, the opposition, wouldn't be going on to the uh, Upper Marae with the government, which they have in the last couple of years, which wasn't always the way back in the day, so to speak, but you can understand why that might be. 
Yeah, so, I mean, this changed in 2018 after there had been years of scenes at Te Te Marae. Uh, a group came together, which included um, Shane Jones, actually, and uh, Calvin Davis and um, others who were involved in the National Waitangi National Trust, and they decided to move everything up to the Upper Marae at Te Whareirunanga. Um, part of that was that they wanted to show of unity around the Pufiri in terms of everyone coming on together, and that has taken place since then. Um, my understanding is that now the opposition parties, whether that includes Te Pāti Māori, I'm not sure they may choose to go on to Waitangi with uh, Kingitanga, who are also going to be welcomed on. That's on the Sunday, the 4th. Uh, opposition parties, so definitely Labour and the Greens, on the 3rd, the day before, on Saturday. And then, of course, the, the government, the Crown parties, um, will come on together on the Monday, the 5th. Um, I think it's interesting because you've got that picture normally, um, the, the, the sort of TV, the radio, the print, all of that, the scenes that you see in the papers across um, television of that uh, opposition leader, um, political leaders, prime minister, all walking on in that front row together, that real show of unity at the start of the political year. And I think a lot of people think that that has been important and it has been significant and it has, um, you know, depicted something that, you know, you don't often see in, in parliament and politics. And that, of course, is not going to be there this time round. But that is, is that unreasonable from Labour, given that they have, Labour and the coalition government have, have really have diverged on a lot of these policies? Is it unreasonable that yeah. Labour is doing, is wanting to do it separately? I mean, this is the thing. I don't know where this decision – this decision seems to have been made by the Waitangi National Trust. Now, what right. the rationale is, it's unclear. The only thing I would go back to is comments that was made by Calvin Davis um, when he was, uh, decided at the end of last year he was retiring. He made some comments um, in an interview I did with him that day that uh, he thought the way that Te Pāti Māori had chosen to go on separately last year and make um, what he described as a, a scene um, and not go on with the rest of the parliamentarians. He was really annoyed about that and he was also really annoyed that Ngāpui, the iwi up there, hadn't actually given them a dressing down about it. So whether the fact that some, well, a political party had already chosen to break away break away, has perhaps um, had an impact on this decision, I'm not sure. Craig, just finally, very quickly, um, another political story has blown up this week. Uh, Guy has been a story concerning Casey Costello's smoking excise tax. This would not be the issue that the government wants to come back, given the flack they have taken over the smoking legislation uh, and this Minister under some pressure. Yes, I mean, even just putting aside the policy itself and its merits or otherwise, this is a high-risk avenue for the government to pursue. It risks being painted as pro-big tobacco at this point. I mean, it was already vulnerable to the criticism, like you point out, with last year's move to end that smoke-free generation policy. To then, to even explore a move in this area, to look at pausing the increase to um, that tobacco tax, it does start to conjure up a certain image. It is buying the government a massive fight with a number of public health agencies. And look, perhaps it will decide that it is worth it, that it thinks this is the right thing to do. If that is the case, then it will need to do a much better job than it has so far of selling it to the wider public, explaining why they're going down that path, because there are a lot of middle voters out there who will be worried about any moves that appear to be encouraging smoking. Craig McCulloch, thank you very much. RNZ's Deputy Political Editor, Newsroom's Political Editor, Joe Moyer, thank you very much as well.